welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. Happy Tuesday. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in today. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment. If you are listening in podcast form, leave a rating and subscribe. Uh, coming up on the show today, big picture look at what happened on Wildcard Monday yesterday. Plus, we get ready for UFC 297 with a look at some of the non-main eventers that you should be excited about for this Saturday's fight in Toronto. Uh, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at Primetime Klein, twitch.tv slash PK, and you can email this show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Um, if you are looking for a bit more X's and O's breakdowns of the two wildcard games, I did instant reaction shows after both of them on Monday night, so uh, those are available wherever you are consuming this bit of content. And uh, yeah, let's get on with the show and talk some football. What a disaster for the Philadelphia Eagles after they fall to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The season is over. A season where I predicted them to win the Super Bowl, and I certainly uh, was not unique in that viewpoint. This was a year where it was chips in the middle. We are going for it now. We have a team that finished so close to a championship, lost some guys on defense, but had a really good draft, and now we are ready to get to the top of the mountain. And it fell apart. Um, their wins were not as convincing as you would like them to be. It was okay. Well, they're, I mean, look, they're 10 and one and they haven't figured it out yet. Like that this is going to be good. And then it just, it all crumbled. They end up not making the one seed, um, or even the two seed. They lose their division and then in the playoffs go out with a whimper against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who move on to take on the Detroit Lions. We'll get to that in a minute, but for Philadelphia, this is one of the more epic collapses. I talked about it on, on last night's show. This is one of the more epic collapses you will see in the history of sports, given expectations and um, how the season had started from 10 and one to this is nothing short of a, a colossal, colossal failure from the entire organization. And it, it was so clear, like, I, I am not one to question the metal or anything of, of anyone who is in professional sports in general, but they did not handle adversity well this season. That like that that ball got rolling and they made a panic move that altered the course of their season as a at the defensive uh, play caller spot, and they could not get this thing back on track. And it it does kind of like it puts a lot into question, but I think the big one was the panic move was putting Matt Patricia in as the defensive play caller and uh, after a couple of games. And yes, like we said, th this defense was not playing up to snuff. They, they were not the defense that they were a season ago, but to overreact and bring in someone who has zero track record in the last five years of being able to successfully run anything, to be able to do that, I think killed any opportunities of this team trying to figure it out. Because now you are trying to learn uh, a new play caller, uh, a new attitude, uh, a new design in the middle of a season as things are starting to to completely backfire on you. It, it just, it felt like a panic move and a move that was never set up to, for, for success, right? Like uh, Vince Lombardi could come in and be the defensive play caller and that wasn't going to work out. They had internal things they need to fix. They needed to fix. They tried to fix it externally in a panic move. And I think it ended up costing them, costing them their season. Now, who's to say that it would have got back on track if he had not done that. But 
it, it just, it never got close to being back on track. But again, entire organizational failure. And now, like I said, it calls into question what we saw a season ago. Because yes, this Eagles team was within a play uh, was within a play or two of winning a championship, but they had a ridiculously easy schedule throughout the regular season, and then they had a pretty easy run to a championship, including Brock Purdy and everyone getting hurt in the conference title game against the the San Francisco 49ers. Like you were going into that Super Bowl going is this defense any good? Cause like they're playing really good, but they haven't played anybody. Um, and so that you, you now kind of like cross examine that with what we saw this season. And it really does lead to a lot of bigger picture questions that need to be asked about the, this Philadelphia organization. Um, like it, it just to go from minimal resistance a season ago to this, where you do face resistance and crumble at all of it, basically it's, it, it is a really good, it's a really, really tough look for this Philadelphia team. And I would totally understand not wanting to make a panic move and keep Nick Sirianni. He just got you to a Super Bowl a season ago. He got, helped get the absolute most out of so many guys on this roster. So I would understand wanting to give him the opportunity to get this back on track. But this is not a normal offseason. Bill Belichick is available. Now, I don't think he's all that great, but big name. Um, Mike Vrabel is available. He is all that great. Jim Harbaugh is available. He is that great. Like you have some absolutely marquee names that are available for you. And to, I, I think that does speed up the timeline a little bit. So I, I would not be surprised if there's a coaching change out in Philadelphia to uh, like full disclosure. I am taping this on Monday night after the, the games have wrapped up a little busy on Tuesday. So um taping this on Monday night. So if, if this is all dated, I wouldn't be surprised. It, it's just it because... Like, you can say, well, we'll give him one more year. Who who could be available next year? Like, what? Can, Pete Carroll is also available. I keep forgetting. Pete Carroll could be available. Um, what caliber of coach is becoming available that's going to match that in this upcoming offseason? Or an offseason from now? Is Kyle Shanahan or Sean McVay going to get fired next year? Probably not. Um, so what, like, what are the chances that someone of that caliber comes available? Unless you got an inside track on Mike Tomlin. It's not going to be there. So if you want to speed up the process and get rid of this coach now because those dudes are out there, look, you become the, and I mean the, most attractive destination for a, a coach, given the roster that you have. Um, if, if a coach wants to win now, like if, if Bill Belichick wants to get that record, Philadelphia is a real good place to get that, right? Like if if uh, Jim Harbaugh wants a soft landing spot in the NFL, Philadelphia is a real good spot for that, right? Like there are, th th this is an, an incredibly talented roster. And that is why th there is so much frustration about what has happened today. But given how epic this collapse was and how poor the ideas were to come away from it, I, I think you really have to look at everything in Philadelphia right now because the window is still open but we'll, we'll see what happens with some of those veterans especially on the offensive line on the Tampa Bay side our bucks continue to roll uh, I forget all the things I said about how I was happy I wouldn't have to cheer for this team anymore after they scored nine against Carolina a week ago with their season on the line they come out and just dismantle Philadelphia the entire game um they got everything they wanted on offense and I, I talked about it a little bit on the instant reaction show how do you not feel just so much joy 
for Baker Mayfield. He comes in with all this hype in Cleveland, and he leads them to a playoff win. And then it falls apart. And they bring in Odell Beckham Jr., and that relationship turns sour very, very quickly. And then all of a sudden, Baker's out of the NFL until a string of injuries and issues happens with the LA Rams, and he gets an opportunity on short rest, on, on short notice, to come in and light the world on fire against the Raiders. And he does that, and it gets him another contract, and this has got him now a chance at another pretty big contract. He's won a playoff game, and you think about it now. We, we, Tampa Bay is not a long-suffering franchise in the last little bit. They had Tom Brady. They won a Super Bowl not too long ago. Um, but before that, it had been a while. Like, th this is still a, a team that it's tough, I think, for some people to think of as a marquee franchise. But um, if you grew up around my time, it's, it's very easy to consider them that. But I, I digress. Th this is... This is an organization that had quite a down period between the, their Super Bowl wins. Detroit would love for a down... Uh, Detroit's also had a down period between championship wins. Uh, last time they won a championship, it wasn't even called the Super Bowl. So you, you have two fan bases that have been through a lot. Detroit certainly more than Tampa Bay. One of Detroit and Tampa Bay is going to be playing for a conference championship. And that is so freaking cool, man. And you just look at the, the whole picture now, um, where it is Buffalo against Kansas City, Houston against um, uh, Houston against Baltimore, San Francisco against Green Bay, and um, Tampa Bay against Detroit. This divisional round is going to be exceptional. After a bit of a dud wildcard weekend, the division round is going to make up for it, that the playoffs from here on out are going to be absolutely amazing. So the NFL script writers uh, took a week off, but they, they once again get it right. More NFL coverage to come throughout the week. But now it is time to continue to get ready for UFC 297 as the fight, uh, fight talk, careful, fight talk continues now. <laughs> UFC 297 goes down from Toronto this weekend. In the main event, it'll be Sean Strickland defending the middleweight championship against Drikas Duplessis. Uh, there is also a women's bantamweight title on the line. But we went over the main event and the co-main event, the two title fights on yesterday's show. Who are some of the unsung heroes of this fight card? Who are some of the fighters that you need to pay attention to, uh, positively or negatively, to get ready for UFC 297? Luckily, I'm here to help you with that. Let's start um, third from the top, Neil Magny is in a bout against someone whose name I've already forgotten. Um, but this is a gigantic fight for Neil Magny. He is two and three in his last five. The two wins, not the most marquee of names. The three losses, Ian Machado Gary, uh, Dan Ige, and, oh no, sorry, that's a different one. Um, Gilbert Burns and Shavkat Rachmanov. Those are killers in, the, in this division. And so to have to deal with those guys... Um, is really difficult. Like, and on the one hand, you can say like, okay, he's not a championship caliber fighter at welterweight. Cool, great, glad we checked that box off. Still very, very good. On the other hand, it looked really bad against Ian Machado Gary back at UFC 292. And so this is a real important fight for Neil Magny to be able to show that there is still something left. Because that gas tank, admittedly at UFC 292, looked empty. This guy has been in the fight game for forever and a half, but this needs to be a big performance from him coming up on Saturday night to get back on track. Now, don't take that. Like, if he goes out there and power bombs this dude, don't take this as an opportunity. Oh, top five guy then, hey? Don't do that. 
let 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 him take a couple of, of lesser fights and maybe build that, that back up. I, I do think that title contender uh, Neil Magny probably not going to happen now. But th this is still a fighter who has a lot to offer the Ultimate Fighting Championship, I think. But he needs to show it coming up on Saturday. Um, also, you have Brad Katana on this card. He is a tough alum. Now, back in the UFC, he was on the most recent series of the Ultimate Fighter with uh, Chandler and McGregor. This is his second go-around in the Ultimate Fighting Championship as he made it into the, the UFC, lost back-to-back -back fights, and got cut. Went undefeated, I believe it was with Brave FC, and is now back in the, the Ultimate Fighting Championship. This is his first official fight post-tough. Like, he was on the Ultimate Fighter finale. But now he's on a pay-per-view card. It's in Canada. It's really cool that, that he is getting this opportunity. So now let's see. How much has he really grown? How much has he developed coming off of his stay on the Ultimate Fighter? He's getting uh, one of the, the top fights on the prelims. I, I think that's a, a real interesting bout for him. So he is a fighter to watch, certainly for the Canadian contingent, coming up on Saturday. Um, I, I apologize if I'm butchering this. Miosvara Ivalev is 17-0 in his professional mixed martial arts career. 7-0 in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. He is a boost and th this is not a gigantic step up in competition but this is a really good fight for him and like th there are some names on this resume um Hakeem Dawadu this is where I was looking before uh Dan Ige and Nick Lentz th these are like real legitimate fighters especially Dawadu who I would consider a class above those other two uh maybe a bit biased given you know the Calgary thing but this is a th this is another guy who has been just wrecking shop and that there has been some interesting prospect development in the Ultimate Fighting Championship the last 18 months that has given us some really, really big, intriguing names. Pereira, Rachmanov, uh, Shemaev. Um, like, the list goes on. I'm forgetting a bunch. But you have a guy now in Ivalev. Uh, there's no way I'm saying... Evloev. Uh, there's no way I'm saying it right. I apologize. But you, you have this dude who has an opportunity to step into that world now. He comes out of this. I think he deserves a, a step-up fight for sure. Going up against um, Arnold Allen, who just got a step-up fight and lost that one handily. Lost to Max Holloway, but still has some, like, three big wins in a row against real legitimate competition. Now he's facing real legitimate competition again in our boy, Emmy, we'll call him. Um, but th this is, th this is such an intriguing fight because you have a couple of guys who I would consider prospects, um, in the UFC that have a chance to, to step up here on Saturday night. So those are the fights you should pay attention to coming up on Saturday. Uh, I mentioned I'm taping this late on Monday, so you boy needs some sleep. I'm going to go. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Again, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you are listening in podcast form, subscribe as well and leave a review. Coming up on the Wednesday podcast, going over NHL awards, who I think um, as we're right around the halfway point, who should be getting the hardware from the National Hockey League. Uh, probably a little bit more football as uh, some news trickles out. Thursday, we're going to look at the world of MMA and everything that is going on in it as we get ready for Saturday's fight card, which will have a full preview coming up on Friday and we'll have a full NFL breakdown on Friday as well. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Again, find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I am at primetimeklein, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. Thank you all so much for tuning in. However you have found us today, thank you so much, and I'll talk to you all later.